the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Are we calling this an emergency pod? <laughs> That's what you tend to call it. It's, it's a curry pod, Matthew. This one, this, this one's a, uh, a curry pod. That's why we're, we're waiting for our food. Sipping a couple of cobras. Did you say sponsored by? Sponsored by Mount Everest in Bromley. Thanks very much for uh, paying for our meal. I because they signed up for this. They did, they did. Thanks very much for the free meal, boys. Uh, appreciate that one. Look, the Six Pointer Podcast, I'm not sure we're sponsored by anyone, but uh, we're doing a podcast. I'm having some dinner, so uh, that's all that matters. I think I did this coming now. Would so, you like to pause this? Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Are you sure? Oh, no, it's not us. It's not us. It's a mistake, but it's all right. It's all right. We're still live. We're still live. Yeah, look. Just I keep s- going until the food comes. I joke about being an emergency pod because um, last time you and Kev did one of these, Palace was sacking the manager. Mm. And today they've confirmed they're hiring a manager. Big day. Big day, right? Yeah, yeah. Roy Hodgson has been confirmed back as Crystal Palace manager. A news that I think that doesn't surprise many, but... I mean, I think it splits the fan base. Look at the social media today. I mean, I appreciate the Twitter and things like that are in an echo chamber, so certain people's voices and opinions get, get magnified, but I think there are uh, an element of the fan base that are very happy with the fact that um, Warriors is being appointed for another year. There's also an element that is also thinking, well, hang on, Steve Parrish st- stood on uh, the Sellers turf after the Nottingham Forest game last season and said that this is our chance to be pushing on and taking this club to the next level and perhaps this is not not doing that so there's a couple of elements to sort of to, to think about here but for me I'm happy because given the options because that, that's the main thing for me this, this this is I think what a lot of people miss there, there has to be another option isn't there there's, there, there always has to be an option for Crystal Palace to go for so Graham Potter I think was, was spoken about quite a lot in the last season from what I understand he made it very clear he was not interested in the role Palace apparently has spoken to people like Paolo Fonseca and, and whilst the um, the foreign manager has this sort of like uh, you know excitement as well we, we've seen with Frank de Boer and, and Patrick Vieira you know perhaps it's not the way to go so look if, if, if for lack of a better option can you do better than Roy Hodgson I don't think so well, look, let's answer the immediate question. From mine and your perspective, is Roy the right man to take Palace forward? And I'll start us off, yes, for the next year, for the next 12 months, for the solidity, for the fact that he can take us forward. So they've come out and said 10th place, right? Yeah. I strongly believe that Roy will get us 10th place upwards. Well, 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 he said top half finish. Top so, half. so that means anything from you know 10th to Europe, I guess. I strongly believe that Palace with Roy with the team they've got the squad they've got in fact can be a very strong team in the Premier League and I think what maybe is not so evident is where's the long term plan I would say to that is Premier League managers don't seem to be long term plan regardless because what, what's the lifespan of one right so Vieira did very very well didn't he to stay so long he, he did exactly that didn't he I think so you know and I look back to a pod we did we were thinking about where the hell were Palace going when Vieira wasn't in place and he was like fourth choice whatever it was to be in a place where we can say Roy is our manager today gives you a lot of confidence that Palace going to this season are in a good place yes is it pushing a decision down the road 
who knows but but essentially they've looked at the market they looked at who's available and there's no one that decided or has decided to come to Palace and it will be this old adage which Roy doesn't like the safe pair of hands but I think it's more than that I think that's something I we need say, isn't it, is I, it safe pair of hands is that all it is well I think it's more than that actually if I'm honest because you look at Roy's first season right 2018 2017 when he came in September after Frank de Boer got uh, that, that terrible spell he had a very good squad then he had Johan Kabay Ruben Loss's cheek you know I think we had Michi Basuai on loan for the second half of the season we had attacking options and we played very good football and I think actually in the last 10 games of last season as well we played very good football better football than we saw under Patrick Vieira who was, who was apparently this attacking expansive manager so that for me proves that if you give the man the tools he will produce you know a man with 45 years of football manager experience is no mug he knows what he's doing so I think if you give him an expansive squad then it, 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 can, it can produce good results I think that some people's views are tainted by what happened in lockdown and obviously the COVID football was, was it was terrible to watch as a fan because not not my fiver to work with that, that, that is the difference right if you look at yeah, the oldest squad in the Premier League yeah like like you like you were alluding to when when he inherited that team in from the board you know he had a lot to work with and they they spent big money on Sacco and you know and Benteke and others and he picked up that team and you know he, he ran with it and I think if you look at it now like we saw at the end of last season that team can fire on all cylinders they really can and okay we'll come to the Wolves situation in a bit it's not about now but there's an opportunity there to, for Palace to push forward as a squad and I think when when I heard the news like like let, let's face it right let's 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 get this out in the air that this pod is a fan of Roy Hodgson right we respect what he's done we respect as a man as a football manager we like the the fact that he comes from Palace that he's Palace born and bred, Palace bled as they say, just as we are, right? And it's been his football club from the age of Dot, as it has ours. We see lots of similarities in him and us. Let's, let's face it. But also, you look at someone who's been there, done it, who's managed every club, there's bar sort of the likes of Real Madrid and stuff. He's managed every club in every country it's worth managing in. He's done, uh, he's managed the England team, he's have a proven track record of Palace of delivering with very little mm-hmm. like you were just alluding to from a sort of squad that sort of uh, diminished over over the years that he was in charge and I think he picks Palace up now in a very strong position to run and, and I'm looking forward to it I, when I heard it I was pleased I was excited Palace now are going to have a very good season ahead I think if anything he was a victim of his own success at Crystal Palace before because he, he proved that you know that he could Adopt this pragmatic. For those three years, you mean? For those three, yeah, four yeah, years. Yeah, pre- yeah. Previously, he, he he proved that he could adopt this a pragmatic pragmatic approach, which meant the owners did not need to invest that much. And perhaps that's what I mean. He was a victim of his own success because he he therefore ha- created this environment where the owners could say, okay, all right, we're going to be safe here. We're going to keep club in the Premier League. We're going to finish sort of I don't know twelfth to fourteenth. We're going to we're going to get the prize money and we're going to get the TV money of hundred thirty million pound a year. That's going to keep a line in our pockets and we'll be fine. And, I think now what the difference is is that they come out today and they've said with Roy's appointment that the aim, the remit, is to finish in the top half. And that is something that Crystal Palace haven't done. I think we finished, what, 11th is the highest position? Not 10th, 11th, is it under Pudis, wasn't it, I think? And Roy Hodgson has also produced the, the, the biggest Premier League points total we've ever had. 
I think as a manager of the 45 years of football manager experience, he's got a win percentage of something like 42 percent which is which is cr- incredible when you think about it like for, for, the, for the for the level of, of teams you think he's played he's managed the fact that he looked at obviously Malmo and Copenhagen obviously took them to the first Super League title in 10 years in in 2001 you know he's managed Switzerland he's managed United Arab Emirates he's managed Inter Milan on two occasions you know Blackburn Rovers I mean, I'm, I'm sort of scratching my head now for other, other teams, but there are no, no, numerous other teams obviously he's it's taken over. Like I mentioned him, yeah, yeah. But I, I think you know this. This is a man with un, unquestionable football knowledge, wealth, and we are very lucky to have a man that is going to do that for another year. Which I have no doubt, Panic are looking at is that we're going to have him for another year until the next exciting prospect comes in. It's, it's, it's all like a rubbish really, isn't it? Because this year thing, this 18 months, this two year thing, because Premier League managers don't last that long. So actually, if Roy stays for another year, it's only six months short of what you expect him yeah, yeah. to stay for, yeah. right? If, if that, and a club like Palace who have to make decisions quite quickly a la Vera, if things are going a bit south, are in a position whereby that's kind of not really the norm anyway and you listen to people like Simon Jordan and, and on TalkSport and he talks so much sense in the space of the, the, the wage bill and the way Palace are run and the way things are managed to make Palace a sustainable club and it's probably one of the only sustainable clubs in the Premier League by your, by your Brentfords and, and, and those types of teams is that Palace, Palace are in a place whereby they can appoint Hodgson and they can know that for the next 12 months it's going to be in a good place and they can back they're not backing Roy they're backing Dougie and they're backing the squad and they're backing what needs to be brought in to make that team that squad better and that's a differential that I think we need to realise these days it's not about Steve Cooples in place and he's going to sign a right back because Steve Cooples a right back it doesn't work anymore and I guess what I would say is that as Palace fans we're very lucky having the likes of Joel Ward who we can sign another contract for another year Nathaniel Klein another contract for another year we know Schluppy we know that they're going to deliver week in week out on that pitch mate I watched back the Leeds game today at lunchtime my lunch break I watched back the Palace won five away at Leeds Jordan Ayew was absolutely ridiculous they couldn't buy a 30, 40, 50 million pound striker to perform like he did on that day so we have an abundance of riches to want a better term and Roy can get the best out of them two points there on the pick up on one you're completely right and something which always frustrates me about Sky Sports and other people that report this sort of stuff is that ah oh, Roy Hodgson or ex-manager given the war chest football does not work like that anymore there are directors of football there are long term plans in place which mean that you know clubs don't rely on individual people unless you're Pep Guardiola really you, you don't get too much of a say don't get me wrong I'm sure that Dougie Freeman will produce produce a list of names to Roy Hodgson and say look from this what do you want but he will Dougie himself will therefore go and pursue them so it's a different game it's not so much that the managers that much involved in the transfers the other point I was going to make, I completely forgot because I've had too many beers. But, <laughs> but brother, put, put the second point, Paul, you're trying to talk about the sustainability point, which yeah. SJ, Simon Jordan, as we know him, talks very, very firmly about, which is if you look at, I can't remember who it was, it was Goldstein or someone, oh, yeah. challenged him on our five years versus 10 years of Premier League, and Jordan said, like, well, depending on your wage, when you accept a debt. And actually, it does, because 
these clubs come up to the Premier League and they will get themselves in ridiculous debt. I mean, what must Nottingham Forest debt must be like? I think Brighton's debt is, is quite impressive as well. And, and I mean, look, I appreciate that they may be able to recoup some of that from getting into the Europe this year, and that remains to be seen. Obviously, they're sending one of their star players, you know, at a time where they need him. Yeah, to, to Liverpool, and I appreciate they want to cash in now because they're probably going to lose him for nothing next season when he was able to go for free, but. That's going to be interesting to see how those sort of clubs, Aston Villa as well, clubs that, you know, Aston Villa is a huge club. I've got a lot of respect for them, their history, what they've done oh, in the past. Ground, they're ground. They're, oh, brilliant ground as well. So we, we had a great away day there, even though we lost. Football ground. Fuck John Carew. But I think the thing is that we need to, need to appreciate is that Palace is at a different level to some clubs. I don't think they're different level to Brighton. I think I still think Brighton as a whole are a smaller club than Crystal Palace, but they have been, they have been backed with a wealth of someone who is willing to uh, throw caution to the wind with certain amounts of finances. Palace don't have that luxury. That's why Steve Parrish and the others are looking for more investments. Do, do, do they have that luxury or is it a risk appetite? So I wonder if Brighton's maybe risk appetite is different to Palace's in that they will back David Weir to sign ABC XYZ player and recognise that one of three will work out. But they're big money signings and they can sign a... Not a Nathan Ferguson... They can sign a McAllister who can go for big money in a few years' time. Or that guy that who's the guy that everyone's um I should know this, the midfielder. Say is it say Kondo? Oh the bloke has been linked with Arsenal quite a lot, yeah. He's, he's been on loan and he's like done next to nothing and then he's come in and played half a season, therefore everyone and his uncle wants to buy him. But it's it's similar to Eza Eze. Right, if you were sitting here like this time last year about Eze, we would have been like waxing lyrical, right? I loved him. When Palace signed him, we talked on this podcast about Roy bringing him in slow but surely. Absolutely what he did, like whatever BS we want to talk about, that's what Roy did. If you know, look at what Roy's done, which is the man fires at all cylinders. Eze knows what he's doing in the Premier League. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, mate. You need to look at the performance of players like that. Patrick Vieira versus... Versus Roy Hudson's That's right. what I mean. That's what I'm yeah. saying to you. So, so previously, Roy blooded him in, brought him in in one way. Now, it's it's fifth gear. It's let it go. It's, he, he it's was. I trust you to get on with it. I mean, he was one of the most outstanding players of Crystal Palace's. Even though he only really turned up for the last Not eight games. Not just Crystal Palace. The, the Premier League yeah. season. Yeah, really the was. fact that that guy walks into the and it walks into. Sorry, it's the wrong term. Gets gets on the pitch for England after a handful of games the fact that everyone you talk to from any any supporting club that's anywhere in the Premier League talks about Eze going somewhere else is madness really because he didn't get a look in the first half season under Vieira and when he did he wasn't allowed to be the player he is so you mentioned briefly their signings bruv I'm going to come back to that point because Palace are obviously in the transfer window as the phone goes is that Paris on the phone it's Paris on the phone it's Dougie it's Dougie, it's Dougie. It's Dougie. We, um, we need to talk a bit about signs because I think for me the two two places where Palace really need to improve is perhaps the uh, perhaps the uh, you know a fullback to have some cover and a striker. A striker's got to be the main thing for Crystal Palace. I mean, because you look at Palace's striking options, options right? Odson Edward, Jean Philippe Mateta, boom 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 boom, and Jordan Ayew, who I mean, he's a what do you call it? Uh, Jack, Jack of all trades. Who can, Legend. Yeah, exactly. Who, who, who can play across all, all But I mean, th- those are really op- your real options in striking. So Palace needs to invest in a striker this summer. Right, that's part two. So, to sum up part one, are we happy with Roy? Yes. Very much so, yeah. 
Amazed, brilliant, fantastic. Well done, Paris. Have you spotted well done, our food? Is this why you're doing this? No, I'm still looking for food. Are we wrapping it? The people want more. Give the people what they want, Matthew. Am I, am I disappointed we didn't get Potter? No. David Hilferty's sitting in a pub in Glasgow listening to you right now, thinking to you, why are you wrapping this up right now? I've got myself another beer. Don't worry, David. Part two is coming. I'm happy with Roy. Yes. Do we want? Did we want Potter? Mm, maybe. Do you know what? If you said to me Roy for another year and then Potter, I'd have taken it. But. I think the fact is that we we haven't we haven't gone for Graham Potter. We've gone for gone for Roy Hodgson, and the fact is that we are where we are. We're in a really strong position to push on and have a great season ahead, and that's all that matters. Right, Matthew needs a wee, so we're wrapping up uh, part one. So we're back with part two to talk about summer signings, Wolverhampton's potential con contract extension, and offers from other clubs, and anything else we can think of whilst we're having um, some lovely Nepalese cuisine. So. Join us for part two. Hello and welcome back to the Six Pointer Podcast, the emergency pod, as they call it these days, uh, from the Matt Everest in your restaurant. We are now on our Gurkha beers. Very nice. Um, and uh, yeah, bruv, before we get into the transfer side of things and the kind of who, what, where, when, how, what do you think of the training kit? Is it pink? Is it orange? Is it so in between? It's orange. It's very. I'm not a fan, mate, I must admit. It's a bit too in your face for me, especially the badge as well. It's got that sort of orange hue on the outside. It's very much EasyJet ground crew, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's got that sort of vibe around, which, I, which I'm not a fan of, I must admit. Uh, I think Tom Dutton on, on Twitter earlier. Uh, he, he sort of mocked our picture with everyone quite the easy playing. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this. I think I have to see it in person. But look, I mean, even if that is the case, I'm not spending forty pounds on training top, but let's be honest, because I'm a grown man. You don't care. You don't care about the pink, stroke, orange. Oh, come no. on. It's not for it, me. It's not for me, mate. It's not for me. I, I, I buy my shirts of DHgate. I'm not paying sixty pound in uh, the Palace Club shop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Palace. I'm not doing. It. I can't bring myself to pay sixty pounds for a, for a shirt I'm going to wear down the gym like once a week. It's not going to happen. Well, I, I was a Royal Ray, so you know. Um, look. Talking of uh, purchases, are Palace going to make any purchases? I mean, we signed uh, Mr. Lerma on a free transfer from Bournemouth, which I think is a fantastic bit of business. Mate, bit of business, you know. He, he was he was very good against us too. Got sent off, but, <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, he's looked look good uh, consistently in the Premier League now, hasn't he, for a couple of years now? And he was also Bournemouth's I think, recommended sign of sort of thirty or thirty-five million, I think it was at the time. So to get someone like that three years on, who's at three. Is a, is a brilliant bit of business and someone who can provide us that sort of steel and perhaps almost that Jeffrey Schlupp role as well because he, he's got that that defensive solidity but also can push forward as well. I think him and Decorey in the middle of next season will be very good. What will be interesting is how he uh, interacts with Joachim Anderson who obviously punched him on the nose um, back in the last season but uh, I'm sure that's all water under the bridge um, and he's uh, had some sort of cosmetic surgery so he'll be fine but going forward yeah Palace do need to strengthen I mean you started off you started off in the part one talking about some of the areas he said like, strikers are obvious right we need someone who's going to score a few more goals we can't rely on IU to do it all for us Edward has a few phases where he can score a few in a run and then, that, then he's sort of done Mateta Millwall away that's about it Brian away Brian away Esther at home which arguably, arguably the, the best moment of last season boom 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 he likes a big goal, doesn't he? Big goal and a big game. Big game player. Yeah. Who used, you know who used to tell you he was a big game player? 
Darren Ambrose. He was, not he? He was, not he? Yeah. Free sign in. Free sign in. He's doing his own podcast now. Yeah, we, do, we do need a... We, do need a um, we're not, we don't advertise enough people's podcast. We do need a, a new striker. Uh, someone who can chip in a bit more regularly with IU. So that's the problem for me. I think I've got Palace, who are now considered to be eleven season now in the Premier League, considered to be an established Premier League club. Any club that a Palace comes knocking for, they're going to think, "Oh, hello, you know, this is a club that's been in the Premier League for eleven seasons. They've got money. We're not going to be accepting anything less than twenty-five to thirty million, even if it's not a proven Premier League player." So that, that that's a problem for me, I think, as well, because there's not that many proven Premier League strikers out there so for Colorado Palace you're going to have to be taking a punt on someone if you're going to do that you're paying £30 million so you mean like it's a head of a risk you mean like a sore lot but yeah Sir was obviously a very very low risk wasn't he because he was what £12 million, wasn't he from, from the Super League and it worked out to be actually a pretty good deal for Palace in the end for what they got from him and he has continued to come good oh, is that a Ferrero Rocher dessert and, oh, a toffee toffee twilight or toffee tiramisu and so I'm, I'm getting distracted by the desserts here. There's a Cadbury's Flake here as well. Right, though. This is a bit naughty. Anyway, Alexander Serdot, someone who I, I felt never got really got a, a right crack at a wicker palace. I know you feel about him and the love, the love you have for him, but I just think that... Danish connection. If you're saying that, that that is the market palace of playing, whereby even the gamble is 20, 30, whatever million, that's a challenge. But at the same time... Dougie has a track record now of digging up diamonds, of digging up gems, right? Mm, yes and no, bro. Because for every Czech Decoro, there's two Alexander Serlots or who's the one, Rakip or yeah, but I must pay for Rakip, Fiber. Yeah, true. Uh, this is the thing: it's, it's a calculated gamble. But if you're saying, if what you're saying is that every player that Palace, every Rakip that Palace is signing now is a 20 million pound player that's a different market I, I do wonder if maybe it's less about that but it's more about being more strategic in the fact that we need a striker we're not going to pay the earth for a striker but we need someone who's going to be in and around the likes of the team but maybe not go straight into the team so I wonder if they might look for a championship player for example I'd like to think so because the Coventry guy Yorkovitz uh, York, yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, th- I think I think he might have yes yeah. bigger suitors in for him than Palace I think from what I've seen of him but I think that one of the things that Palace are always going to have to deal with is that we can't sign proven Premier League strikers so it is going to be taken upon someone there's always going to be that calculated risk you've got to have faith and hope that Dougie and, and, and his team are identifying the right people and I think also as Palace fans as well if, if an unproven striker needs to come in there needs to be a level of patience it's something which is it's not a currency which which, which is you know, vastly available in the Premier League but it does need to have that because this this, this uh, unless you're very very lucky you are not going to get a player who's going to hit the ground running it's it's, it's a his debut you know scored two goals I think we saw him tail off as well and he sort of faded and back himself and he always always sort of went within himself didn't he as, as the next sort of 18 months went on I think he was also a victim of probably Patrick Vieira's man management skills and also you know, the fact that he wasn't playing games in a regular regular occurrence but Palace do need to invest in, in the forward area 
it's going to be the biggest sign of the sun, summer for Crystal Palace. We're still at the early stages now. I appreciate that pre-season training started today, and even though people like Rufus Zahar and he's out of contract, but Yoichi Anderson is, is you know still not coming back. You know he's still enjoying his jollies. So probably not until next week we're going to have a whole squad back together. It's going to be an interesting time, and, and it's certainly something that that that's going to be interesting to follow. I think the sort of the the wing back, wing back fullback situation is, is something also that is not so pressing but it's something that I think Palace need to invest in for we the future side, we side both really I mean we'll think about it oh, if Mitchell gets injured you've got Schlupp to slot drop back there yeah. or Jara Riederwell was in last or uh, Ademola yeah but you're asking a lot of the lads there to push Wait, up the perfect uh, standard this is the thing right I was, I was thinking the, the about play, the player that got sent back from commentary after, or, ten, after or, five games or Klein or Ward I was reading this today right you think about it okay we've got players who are at the um, towards the end of their careers maybe the likes of Klein or Ward but they can play left back no problem and football is a squad game so if they need to they will play there I, I, so I don't see those I know people write ah oh, we need to write by left back I said that's just pressing pressing position Nathan Ferguson is supposed to be a top top quality just re-signed yeah so so you know they have players who haven't yet come through who you know if he comes through he'd be like a new signing really I think I'm, I'm with you bruv I think the striker is the main position I would not be surprised however if we start the season without a new striker no, I would I not be surprised because you've got Mateta are you Odd Edward they can all play up front for Palace I, I, I could see it. I could see it. They don't feel your confidence, do they? To be honest. No, but 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 mate, they they can they can lace boots up. They can play a game of football. I think you're right, but I think Palace have always been this club that pushed things to the window. Parish has always been the the, 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 the sort of the, the archetypal businessman who likes to get the best deal for the club. So you know you often get that on deadline days. So we might well see until the first of September things happening. But look. It's talking about Wilfred Zaha. That is the, oh, the elephant in the room. I do, because I've just had my dinner. And reality's kicking in. I'm pre-coffee and post-dinner, so this is this is the, my lull. Matthew's yawning. But look, we're here in a situation where Sky Sports are reporting today that Lazio, some Arabian club and someone else, are uh, have agreed deals with his brother. And Palace has still got an offer on the table as well. It's down to Wilf, really. I think you always said that obviously Palace couldn't replace Wilfred Sahar. Lazio, Fenerbahce, Al Nazir, and Palace. There we go. I don't. I don't think any of those clubs, Chris Palace, are offering as much money. But it's where Wilf feels that he wants to push himself at a different level. How disappointed would you be, Matthew? As a Crystal Palace fan, if you didn't see Crystal, didn't, didn't see Wilfred Zahar putting on a Palace shirt this season. So, I think there's two different answers to this. One is, as it as it ended, it ended. So for me, it's done. He is officially now not yeah, a Crystal Palace well, player. Know, as it ended, I mean, I mean that moment when he was injured and he walked off the pitch. That for me, it was done. Yeah. When you when people said to me, "Will you resign? Will you be there?" I say yes, because I couldn't see him turning down the deal that Palace offered him to go somewhere else. When I look at the Sky Sports News tweet and it says Wolf is going to Lazio, Fenerbahce, and I was like, I say why? Because they're not going to pay him any more money. He'd be further away from his family, where he's grown up, his roots, all those good things. 
Um, I don't I don't agree with this. He's now bought Croydon thing with Stormzy. Stormzy, that's not going to be a reason he's going to sign or not sign somewhere. But what I do think is that I question why would he go elsewhere if he's not going to play for a top, top, top club for a couple of years to play in all these European competitions, blah, blah, blah. If he's going to play in European competitions at an entry level, so in a qualifying or, you know, whatever, he might get three or four games, then what? So I, I think, I personally think he see the bigger picture. He sees the Wilfred Zahar... It's not a memorial, it sounds like terrible. What's it called? Uh, what's the wall thing called? It's called something. It's not called a, it's not called a memorial because he's still here. It's called something else. He's not dead. He's not no, dead. it's called something. The respect wall, I don't know what it's called. It's called something. Um, I just think you'd recognise, wouldn't you, what you had locally. I still believe he'll stay. I still believe he'll stay. Like you said, he's getting married, all these things are going on. I hope he stays. Would I be devastated if he goes no? Would I be would I be disappointed if he went elsewhere to a less fortunate position? Yes. But but less for Palace, more for him. I'm like, mate, come on. I think it's different, isn't it? Because nobody knows what he wants to life. So he might want to go to Lazio and live in Italy for three years and that be a thing. Look, let's face it. Palace are never going to say no to him coming back in three years' time, and you know, it's a, so he's always got a cup of life. So he's got a luxury, I think, of going somewhere and making that contract an opportunity. What's happened to my beer? It's got a life, mate. It's crossed. But, you know, I think there's um, there's always that opportunity for him. So I think there's that chance for him to do that. I, I, I mean, I must admit, given that his wedding has happened, what was it yesterday? I don't expect to hear any news for next week or so, so I think people need to calm down in that sense. There's no rush, so. is he? He doesn't need to be in a rush, does he? The, man, the man's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And look, whatever happens, we wish Wolf the best of luck for the future. Hopefully it's with Crystal Palace. If it isn't, then um, yeah, look, we'll still be following very closely. Uh, it would be interesting what else Palace do, because like you said, the wing-back thing might be a thing, it might not be a thing. And if Wolf goes, does that create another space? If Wolf goes, if a centre-back goes, I, th- I think it's more likely they might sell one of the centre-backs. I, I hope not, but you know, there's been talk about both of them going, and, and that's a very solid, solid partnership for Palace for a couple of years now. You know, that, that's part of what I think Roy could pick up and build and use as a real... With that back four, so settled. Back five, in fact, even. And, you know, Johnson's come in and done really, really well. So you've got two goalkeepers with good competition. I can't see him not starting the season. You reckon? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That'd be really interesting, wouldn't it, to see what happens there. Because there are options that Palace have got to, to build and play with. I, I, I don't know. I think I think it depends what happens with centre-backs. They've obviously signed one centre mid, they've also signed another because obviously Milivojevic left as well uh, as James MacArthur. So there'll need to be another sign in there. Because your body's coming in. Yeah, so I see at least, well, defender depends what happens. Tomkins obviously re-signs, that's one sort of level of cover. Uh, you say about the wing-back thing, I, I'm less bothered, but I know other people are. The striker is the big million dollar million multi-million pound question 30 million pound question yeah yeah and it's down to Palace what they do there do they like they had many times sort of stick and twist what they got or do they decide to do something different but look we've got Roy now Dougie's there don't forget Ray and Paddy and hopefully we can build something and you know who knows they might work some magic and bring someone in 
last minute of the which is not the Palace thing, isn't it? And it's a top 10 finish, which they've they, they, uh, focused, which is almost, for me, puts a little bit of pressure on the board as well because you've got to invest, you've, yeah. got, you've, got, you've got to sort of, unless they do think the last 10 games they saw enough which said that this team could finish in the top 10 I don't, I don't know if that's the case well they've got to give Roy enough to work haven't they that's, that's the thing there needs to be tools as opposed to do this so look we'll see but if anything does happen obviously we'll be back with you for more action more reaction more emergency pods look. and more and more curry at Six Point Podcast as always Instagram and Twitter uh, how's the merchandise doing? it's not it's not Kev, sort it out. Kev, sort it out. Kev. It's, it's your demand, Kev. Kev in the pants. Yeah. Right. Um, until then, until next time, when Kev will be back on the pod. I know we're trying to arrange it. At some point. It'll be Kev life. back soon to talk about all things pre-season. Hello, Kev's mum. Keep it. Hello, Kev's mum. Yes, yeah, big shout to Kev's mum. We haven't mentioned Kev's mum yet. Just did. Big shout to Kev's mum. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and out to all the listeners, thank you very much for everyone for uh, all your continued support. I must say also, yeah, thank you very much because obviously I've been out in Denmark a fair bit over the last month or so following EFB um, why do you keep filling my beer Jesus Christ drink your own beer I think the main thing that you know we've, we've received a lot of comments a lot of uh, DMs a lot of interaction I do want to thank everyone for getting involved because look you guys will know we don't do this very regularly we just do this as a bit of a laugh um, but it is nice to get people interacting with us, sending them questions in the comments, you know, getting involved and, and, and we appreciate it, the, the fact that you enjoy the pod, it's not why we do it but thanks very much um, you know, it's just a bit of a laugh really, so yeah thank you very much, for getting, and please do continue to get in touch through Instagram and Twitter um, because we will be here at some point soon, and as always up, up the, the palace. palace The Six Pointer Podcast Oh,